welcome in the house of the Lord. Are you happy that you came in the house? Amen. Uh, this afternoon or evening, I just want to share a simple word, which we believe is from the Lord, which may change our lives for the better. Are you ready for changes? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Mighty God, we bless you. We honor you. We exalt your name. Thank you yet for yet another time that you're giving to us to learn from above. Minister to us, O Lord. Touch our minds and our imaginations in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Glory to God. Amen. I don't have much to say apart from the word. May you open with me in the book of Matthew. Matthew. Chapter 26. Matthew. Chapter 26. Matthew chapter number 26. We're reading from verse number 26. Do you have a pen? Book? We're Bible teaching church. Praise the Lord. So we're in Matthew chapter number 26. Verse number 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples. And he said, take it, this is my body. So this is an evening whereby Jesus is with his disciples. It is a special evening. Like today, it's another special evening. Jesus was with his disciples in the evening. It was the evening of the Passover. And he had organized and they had prepared for him to have a Passover at a certain place. It was the Passover night. A night like no other. When the angel of death killed the firstborn of Egypt. The night when Israel was set free from bondage in Egypt. When Ramesses II was fellow of Egypt. Almost about 4,000 years by that time before. So now, this is the season whereby this feast was always remembered. From the days of Moses until that night when Jesus was with his disciples. This feast was always pointing at the actual Passover which was Jesus Christ who was going to die as a ransom for many. So, so the rest 
which was always remembered before Jesus' coming, was just a shadow of what was to come. Now the real thing is at place, is in place. Jesus the Christ, who was going to take the sins of many, who was going to become the ransom for many, He's now in place, but he's saying prepare for the Passover. Praise the Lord. So in verse 26, the Bible declares, the Bible has said that he got the bread even while they were eating. You know, it was a season of eating they were eating the Passover night. And as they were eating, Jesus did something very special. He got the bread. Jesus got the bread. Remember when he was, when he was still alive. These are the ones that he declared at a certain point. He said at one point that I am the bread of life. Now he's getting the bread. The Bible has said he broke it. But before he broke it, he blessed it. Praise the Lord. This is our bread today. It's a big chunk. Massive. But the Bible says that Jesus first blessed it. And then he broke it. The Bible doesn't say he cut it. The Bible says he broke it. There's a reason why the Bible uses certain words. So in this, in this season of time, he first blesses it before he breaks it. Because he didn't... He, he blesses it and breaks it. Because while it was broken, it was blessed. Because he will never break what he has not blessed. So he first blesses and then he breaks. Are you listening to me? So this is Jesus Christ. Whatever he says, whatever he does matters. It's on point. There's a reason why he's doing it. The reason why he's preparing the Passover is because he's the Passover. So he was preparing it for them. So that they may know that was written. You know, the first time Jesus stood in a temple, he opened the book in Isaiah. And he, was, and he read the Bible. And the Bible says that after I had read the portion of Isaiah, the Bible says that all the eyes of them all were fastened on him. Waiting to see what he's going to say next. Waiting to understand who this Jesus, the son of a carpenter, is going to say. 
they had this imagination that in that season of time, whoever stood up to read, he referred to those days, in those seasons, you know, in those days. But when Jesus stood up to, to read, and the eyes of them all were fastened on him, this is what he said. What you have just heard has just come to pass. They said, what? Are you serious? So if you know what they did to him, they had to drive him out of, it, out of the temple because they didn't believe that things can happen in the now. They thought things were happening in the past. Haven't you met such kind of people that always think in the past? Always they believe that the past was much better? That you, you know in those days. You guys, you didn't see those days. I'm telling you, some of us saw those days. And this were the, if, if it was Uganda you're talking of, they were not very good days. If you're talking of the church in Uganda, they were not the best of days. Praise the Lord. Don't remind me where, when I was just a teenager, and when we were coming from school, and you wanted to pass by the church, you know, it was kind of, I can say funny, kind of weird, because as a teenager, it was, you had to be brave enough in order to, for you to, to go in that church, the so-called church, because there used to be sharks. Uh, this, 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 this is the way that it was. It was a, it was a real shock. <laughs> no, the buildings were ramshackled. Because it was, it was papyrus on the roof. Papyrus on the top. And the walls were papyrus. And the front of the, of the pulpit where the pastor used to stand, papyrus. So for a young man to go in such a place when you are in uniform, you had to be bold enough. You had to be bold enough. Because if your friends saw you, they would scorn you the next day. Oh, glory to God. So let's go back. So this is Jesus. He's talking in the now. He's breaking the bread in the now. Because we've said that he will never use that which he has not broken. And he will never break that which he has not blessed. So when that vessel which is broken, when it sees that it can still hold, like substance, when it still stands in its broken form, that vessel will know that it's not in its ability, but in God who gives the ability. Let me just show you an example. That's why I walked with these things. 
have some water here and a cup. Can you just remove the sticks of, of, of it, please? So this cup is in very good shape. It's very okay. Some of you can even drink in it. It's one of the cups that I also use. So it's a cup. It can hold anything. Cold or hot or just warm. Now, if I pour some water in it, it can hold it. Why? Because it is in one piece. And it's kind of proud. And it say, you just poured on this little water. I was made for more than this. But if a vessel, another vessel, this one, If this vessel is plastic, but if it is broken, if I break it, and then I pour water in it, what happens? What happens? You can't even drink this water because it's pouring all the way through. But what he's trying to say here is that if this very vessel as broken as it is and we see that you pour in water and the water stays then his pride is nowhere. It gets so amazed. He say, what? What happened? I thought I was leaking. I thought I can't hold anything. You mean I can be used? You, need, you mean somebody can use me? You mean I can hold this water this long? So, there will be no pride in this vessel. No pride at all. But for this one, so proud. Because it knows it's not broken. It's not broken. This is what Jesus does. He breaks the, vo the vessel so that once something stays in that vessel, if in one way or another it can be used to quench somebody's thirst, then the glory will not be in the vessel. The glory will be the, in the one who has given it the ability to hold in spite of the so many holes. That sounds like us. Praise the Lord. That in spite of our shortcomings, in our broken form, we get surprised. That, okay. You mean God can use me? You mean I can be a vessel of value in the kingdom? Wow. Glory to God. So the glory doesn't come to the vessel. 
the glory goes back to the one who has given it the ability to stand. No wonder Paul said in Galatians 2.20 that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I. But it's Christ. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I live by faith. I live because of him. I wouldn't be here. That's what Paul is trying to say. That I'll be a dead man ages ago. But I live because of him. Glory to God. Because of him, I'm able to live. Because of him, I'm of value in the, in the, in the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this is what Jesus is saying. That he blesses it and breaks it. So in his broken form, it is blessed. There's this tendency that we had as born again. That when you are lacking, when you are moving in a lifestyle that is not the best, for example, for example, you, have, you don't have a big car, then it seems like God is not with you. When you are still renting, and sometimes you are looking for rent, God is not with you. When you haven't got that visa, to go to Afghanistan, God is not with you. To do what in Afghanistan, I can't even know. Because they are worse off than we are. But some people are still hustling to go to Afghanistan. Praise the Lord. But because you have not got that visa, then there's that tendency, that mindset, that I think God is not with me. So when blessings are come, material blessings come, that's when sometimes we think that God is with him. That's why some of us can't, can't preach in other people's churches. We can't be invited. Why? Because we don't have a car. Because we don't smell good. Because we don't look good. We have to be presentable. To show that God is with you. But in the broken form, Jesus has said, He blessed it. He first blessed it, and then He broke it. So when it was broken, it was blessed. So in your broken form, you are still blessed. Praise the Lord. When you look at this man, who lived in the wilderness? <coughs> John the Baptist. For him to be able to understand his call. It took him all his social life. And status. He was feeding on locusts and honey. All his lifetime. The biggest part of his life. He was learning to understand his call. And he dwelled in deserts. 
eating locusts. Have you ever tried a locust? No, they are not talking about this insanity. They are talking of the real locusts. Which fell in Karamoja the other time. Those are the ones they are talking about. So this gentleman was feeding on those. The process was learning his call. And his call was to baptize Jesus Christ. End of story. Some of us think that our calls are so magnificent. So, so many calls. It might be just one call. One call. John the Baptist, a great giant. Jesus spoke to him, spoke about him as the, one of the greatest among men. His call. Baptized Jesus. The moment he baptized Jesus, he disappeared. He was nowhere. Praise the Lord. In fact, in that season, I believe after baptizing Jesus Christ, he thought he was done. So in that moment, he started feeding on bacon, lettuce and tomato, nyama choma and ugari. He started eating matoke. So he started enjoying himself, thinking that I'm done. And to me, I thought, I would have thought, I would have thought that the moment he saw Jesus Christ and he realized that he's the son of man that takes away the sins of many. In fact, some of the disciples that saw Jesus Christ being baptized and, Paul, and, and John speaking great, great words about him, they left John the Baptist and started following Jesus Christ. I don't know what happened to John the Baptist. He should have followed Jesus Christ. Because his purpose was done. He was to baptize the guy. And follow the guy. But do you know what happened? He ended up somewhere. The Bible says he was in prison. And when he was in prison. He sent his disciples, some of his disciples, and said, that go to that guy that I baptized the other day and ask him again, are you the one or is there another? He started doubting the man. Praise the Lord. So the moment he started doubting, so for God to save his face, it had to be on a silver platter of, of a young girl on a dancing floor. As Matthew 14 says. In order for God to save his, his face, they had to bring it on a silver platter. Because he had started doubting God. <laughs> oh, glory to God. He should have followed the one that he saw. But he didn't. Praise the Lord. Moses. He began as a stammerer. He was an amateur in the war, in warfare. He thought the war was a physical one. He ended up killing an Egyptian. With his bare hands. Can you imagine that? He thought he was delivering Israel from bondage. 
So when the moment he killed the Egyptian, at that point he thought, yeah, I'm delivering Israel from, from bondage. He thought that the war was a physical one. Haven't you seen so many, some of our Christian born, born again? They think our warfare is a carnal one. They say, don't joke with me. I'm a modified Christian, you know. When you hit me, I hit you back. Praise the Lord. Haven't you heard about those ones? There's one leader that I heard. I was so amazed at what he said. They spoke so evil about him. And he stood up on, on pulpit one time. And he said, these ones that speak against me, the Bible says, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. But these ones, they, they know what they are doing. These ones, they know what they are doing. So in essence, he's saying, I will not forgive them. I was so amazed. But here we are. Moses is fighting a carnal war. Our warfare is not a carnal warfare. We war against heavenlies, against principalities, against powers, against rulers in higher spheres. Those are the ones we fight against. Praise the Lord. I remember there's a story of a, of a, of a gentleman. He was a fisherman. A Ugandan. He was coming from Sese Island. And he got up all, all the way up to Entebbe. And he got a lift from Pastor Chitaka. Or someone. He gave him a lift. He stood at the front. And then you know. When he saw the, the driver engaging the jeers. Then his driving is engaging the jeers. And then he's, he, in his imagination, he says, Oh, God, my God. These people who live in this part of the world, they're so weak. So weak. We, the fishermen, my God, we are strong men. Look at the way he's hustling. And incidentally, they stopped somewhere. And the driver wanted to buy some water. And then when he, when he left the car, this fisherman, he said, you've been hustling all along. Just with this stick, only this stick. He hustled with it and pulled it out. And then dropped it there. And the driver came back. He said, oh my God. What happened? What did you do? And the fisherman said, I saw you hustling all along. You were hustling with a thing, hustling with a thing. And I realized you're so weak. I'm strong enough, I put it out. And then the guy said, You put it out, but we are not going anywhere. Because this is the end of us now. <laughs> you jumped the car, you messed up with the car. Doesn't that sound like us Christians? You know, we want to go in the physical battles. And yet our warfare is a spiritual warfare. Don't we look like that fisherman? Praise the Lord. So this gentleman, Moses, he was in the same state. So he ended up killing the Egyptian. In the process of delivering Israel from bondage. So with great fear, it took Moses a few days to get out of Egypt. 
but it took God 40 years to drive Egypt out of Moses. So he, he left Egypt in great fear, trembling, running away because they were looking for him. And now he was out in the desert. But it took God 40 years to remove Egypt from the man called Moses. It was in the wilderness of brokenness that God eventually introduced himself to Moses in a burning bush. Praise the Lord. He introduced him to his world that I'm a spiritual God. I'm not a carnal being. I'm your leader. Praise the Lord. David said in Psalms 23, 4, that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. So when Hagar got out of the, uh, got an attitude, when Hagar got an attitude towards her mistress and started despising her, it was in the wilderness that her attitude had to be changed. It was in the wilderness that the mindset of Moses had to be changed. In that posture of brokenness. Remember, Jesus blessed the bread and broke it. Blessed it and broke it. So that season of brokenness is the one we are talking about. That where God breaks us so that we may understand things in his posture, in his way. Praise the Lord. So it was in the wilderness that Hagar's attitude was changed because she said that I've seen the one who sees me. That is in Genesis chapter 16. So for Moses, after meeting God in a burning bush, his life does not remain the same. So the next time we see Moses, his warfare has completely changed. With boldness now, he's fighting the magicians who were the real people behind the bondage of Israel. He's coming back in Egypt with boldness, with the confidence of God to deliver Israel from bondage. Because now he knows how to fight. That his warfare is a spiritual one. Praise the Lord. He realized that the ordinary Egyptian was just being used. Was just being used. There was some power behind. Behind Pharaoh. There was some power behind. There were those magicians who had power. Who are ruling over Egypt by that time. And they are keeping the children of Israel under bondage. So when he came back, he went after them. He didn't go after these innocent Egyptians. 
Sometimes we go the wrong way. We attack the wrong people. Praise the Lord. I may be used by the enemy, but I am not your enemy. Are you listening to me? Your neighbor might be sometimes be used by the enemy. He can step on your feet and you feel the pain. And then some of us, the moment we, we, we feel the pain, we want to fix it in a natural way. And yet, this one who has stepped on me, there's some power behind. There's some forces behind that are fighting me, fighting you, so that you, we may be derailed and lose our focus. So in the process for Moses, when he realized the real enemy, that it was the magicians who are behind the, the powers, he ended up killing more Egyptians with the finger of God than, than with the palm of his hands. And in the process, Israel was saved. The last man I want to talk about is Joseph, a young man. He was only a kid with loose lips. He, he, he spoke everything that he had. Whatever he saw, he spoke. So he, he thought everyone was his friend. All the attention was on him. Remember, he had the coat of many colors given to him by his father. That signifies attention. So, he, because he got so much attention, he thought everyone was a friend. And please note this. Not everyone staring at you is admiring you. Some are amazed you survived the trap that they set for you. <laughs> Some are just amazed. Oh my God. And you know, when, when, you, when, when, when they look at you for you, you think, oh my God, they're they admiring me. They're admiring my shirt. They're admiring my dress. Really? Maybe they're just amazed. How did he survive all those problems? How did he get up to this place? So for, for Joseph, he thought everyone was a friend. Praise the Lord. So God said, I can't use him until I break him. Praise the Lord. He's got to be broken. God cannot use what he cannot break. Praise the Lord. It's in our brokenness that we are able to be used by God. Praise the Lord. When we are so stiff and rigid, sometimes it's not easy to be used by God. This reminds me of a horse. A horse for you, for you to use it it has to break to, to go to a breaking process. It has to be broken into submission. Or else it will stay wild. You will never mount one because it's wild. 
God doesn't want to use wild people. He wants to use broken people. So number one, the process of breaking for Joseph was the pit. He was thrown in the pit. The coat of many colors were taken away. That was his attention. Number two, he was sold as a slave to a guy called Potiphar who was the captain of fellows guards who even had a prison in his own house. So, just listen to this. That the deepest humiliation is often the path to the highest exaltation. The deepest humiliation is often the path to the highest exaltation. Be reminded of Jesus Christ on the cross. So humiliated and yet so exalted. Praise the Lord. Number two, that the deliverer sent by God to save a people may come in the disguise of a slave. So for Joseph to become who God wanted him to be, he had to become a slave. Be reminded that everything works together for good. For those who love God. That's Romans 8.28. Everything works together for good. So whatever you're going through today, it's working for good. It's working for good. It's working for good. You may be somewhere buried. You may be somewhere tormented. You might be a hustler today. Hustling with life. But be reminded that everything works together for good. For good. For good. For your own good. For your own good. Because if some of us receive the car today worth the 200 million shillings, maybe some of you it will be the last time we see you, Judge. <laughs> maybe, I'm just saying maybe. Maybe we'll be just not your stake anymore. He said, oh, where are you going? Church. Uh, what's that? It's some kind of food or what? <laughs> We're going to church, 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 church. C-H, church. I don't get it. I don't get it. Your accent will change. Now a chicken, you call it a papaya. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> because now you have some money in your pocket. But maybe the reason why you're going through what you're going through now is because the Lord wants us broken. And a broken form. We always lift up the glory to God. Even, we, even if we get the 200,000, 200 million car, we will begin to say, we will still say, it's not me. It's not me. They see you driving around. 
the massive room was in. And everybody says, a jeep for my son. And everybody says, wow, wow, wow. I can't believe it. I can't believe he's not driving it. And for you, the one who is driving it, you say, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It's him. Praise the Lord. Because at one point you were broken. So in that brokenness, the Lord is exalted. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Accept the season you are in. It's just only a season. A time. It will come to pass. It will come. And then to you. Pass. Never forget that. The situation you are in. The pain you are feeling today. It will come. And then to pass. When you read in the scriptures. You see so many words about. And it came. To pass. It came. To pass. Even that situation you are in now. It has come. It will pass. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Even as we take the bread. That Jesus has said. In Matthew. 26. 26. The Bible says. As they were eating. Jesus took bread. Blessed it and broke it. He first blessed it and broke it. In this broken form it was blessed. And he gave it to the disciples and said, Take it. This is my body. Praise the Lord. I've already broken it. I represented Jesus Christ. We are going to have this bread. All of us. All of us. So I'll ask Tim to pass it on to Pastor after taking a portion. Because it's been blessed and it's broken. So just take a portion and pass it on. Praise the Lord. We just want to share the Passover. The Passover Jesus was talking of. And yet he was the Passover himself. The Bible says, as they were eating, as they were eating, he took the bread. We're taking the bread also. And the, the second phase, praise the Lord. Is everybody, he, say, he said, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take the Take it. This is my body. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm waiting for you to finish. The Bible says that he first blessed it and broke it. So it was bread fast. Has everybody received the bread? So what does the Bible say? And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body. 
in verse 27 he says, Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. All of you. So all of you, we are going to drink. All of us, we are going to eat. Praise the Lord. So it, it doesn't matter what kind of season you are in, when in that season of brokenness, be reminded that you're still blessed. In your times of trials, you're still blessed. In times of lack, you're still blessed. When at the periphery and never at the confines of the so-called successes in society, And you, and you feel you are left out by the society. You are not in the middle of the thing of success. You are still blessed. When on financially sound, you are still blessed. So your blessedness is not limited by how much you can attain in life. Are you listening to me? For you to be blessed, it doesn't mean you have to buy everything in the world. Yes. Are you listening to me? The world has deceived us so much. That thinking when you are blessed is when you can afford everything. I'm telling you today, not everybody in the no one in the world can afford everything in the world. Yes. Including our president, His Excellency Yoram Seven. He doesn't feel he has enough. In fact, if you ask him a question in his sacred parts and say, would you want to be president of East Africa? He would say, oh yes. Oh yes. I say, how about the president of the of the communities in Africa, the countries in Africa, supposing they united together and they formed the United States of Africa, of Africa, would you want to be the president of Africa? He said, obviously. If you meet any president in the world, the president of the U.S., I keep on forgetting his name because he's also, he's also in his own world. But if you ask him today that would you want to be the president of the world, he say obviously because now China is disturbing me. Now Russia is giving some headache. So if I were the president of the world, I would just knock their heads off. So there's never enough. If you got all the money in Uganda, you would still want some Kenyan shillings. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there is never enough. So your blessing is not on the amount of substance you have or you don't have, but on the God that gives you the blessing. Because there is more blessing to have the peace of God than to have the materials of the world. Can you trade your bless your, your peace 
You're resting God. That when you hit the bed, you just go zoop, straight. Can you trade that with a million bucks in the bank? But you're always standing in your, in your bed standing. Or in your bedroom, just standing in a corner. When your helpers, you hear them making funny noises. <laughs> and then you're standing in a corner the whole night. Would you trade for that? Of course not. <laughs> or would you trade being in the hospital with broken ribs, broken legs, and yet you have million bucks in your back. And then you are saying, you are feeding on oxygen. Would you trade for that than eating this Passover that we are having, this holy communion that we are having with just a few friends and we are having a laugh and we are enjoying ourselves. Some of us may not even have some money in, the ball, in our pockets. But once God reigns in us, we are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. Praise the Lord. So may we take the broken bread. Some of, some of you have already taken. May we take the broken bread in our broken vessels. And may also take the poured out drink in our poured out bodies. Hallelujah. In case you didn't know what we are doing, we are having Holy Communion. Praise the Lord. It's not a ritual brought up by, uh, by religious circles. It's a custom. It's a sign brought up by Jesus himself that when we do this, we do this in remembering him in remembering him. In remembering what he did on the cross. We broke one bread. We are one body. One piece. You are a portion of me. I am part of you. You might be a leg, but I might be the eyes. So somehow you will need me. You might be the hands. But if you have the hands and you are the hands, where will you go? You can't walk. So we are part of the other. One body. That's what Jesus was saying. That when you do this, you remember that you are children of one father. So even as we are having Holy Communion today, be reminded that we are one body. 
We are one body. No one is greater than the other. We are all important. Praise the Lord. You are equal as important as our prophet Pastor Chitaka or Pastor Timo. You are equally as important as anyone else here because we are one body. How many of you uh, don't feel like this tiny finger is important to you? I have a small knife. I can cut it off. If you think it's not important, you can give it to me and you throw it in the bin because it's not important. Some of you say it's a bit of interested. I don't need it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We need one another. That's what Jesus meant. In fact, that's why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. And the tea that we are taking now represents the blood of Jesus Christ. That we are children of one blood. Bought by one blood. The blood of no other. But the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. So we are one in Christ. Praise the Lord. Can we take a minute? And just, just talk to your God. In your state of brokenness. Be reminded that you are blessed. Maybe you've been complaining before God. I don't have this, I don't have that. God, you're not fair. There's even one preacher who preached those messages that God is not fair. I'm telling God is fair. Those are lies from hell. The devil can use anyone. So God is fair. So don't be deceived. If you don't have certain material things in life today, Maybe you'll have it tomorrow. So keep on believing God. Keep on trusting God. So take this few minutes and talk to God and tell God that I thought you were not fair. But now I know that I'm, 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 I'm part of you. I'm one body with this, my brethren. Mighty God, as one body, Lord, we come to you, O oh God, in one piece, Lord. 